Howdy folks, welcome to another episode of Yoga Dave's Hobbit Podcast, the podcast where I talk about everything from tabletop RPGs, tabletop war games and tabletop war games. And before we get into anything, uh, what I'm going to do <coughs> is I'm going to talk a little bit about um, what I'm not going to be plugging over the next couple of weeks before it happens. There's a certain war gaming show in Scotland um, that, you know, I know everyone knows I have been plugging, you know, I plugged um, the Falkirk District one, I plugged, you know, the Glasgow one, I plugged, plugged just about every show in Scotland that comes up that I remember about, but there is one that I will not, and I won't even name it, um, because I have issues with the organisers, I will go to it, I will be involved in a display at it, but I will not plug it, because... I have no respect for certain members of the club that puts it on. Um, and they are the organisers of it. So, you know, I've been fucked off by a few of them. I have friends that have been fucked off by a few of them. And <coughs> I just will not help them out um, for that reason. Um, so, yeah. They know who they are. You know. And they, yeah, everyone else that's in the Scottish... Um, Wargamers community know who the fuck they are and know what show I'm talking about, but you will not hear me plugging it because they can go fuck themselves. That's it at the end of the day. And, quite happily, if they hear about it, they can come talk to me and I'll tell them exactly the same fucking shit. They can go fuck themselves. That's it. That's it at the end of the day. I have no time for them and I have no time... Refuse to fucking um, plug them. That's that's it, and that's all. I'm, well, I will mention it in the other episodes, but I'm not wasting my time and my energy um, helping them out. So, yeah, that's that. What I will be plugging, however, is the paint on the mini um, po- podcast. YouTube channel, Facebook channel, website. Um, everything to do with painting all the minis. Now, y- you've ha- heard me talk to Dan Adam on the show before. Um, I'll be talking to him again this week um, for a special Patreon show. Um, I highly recommend painting all the minis. Now, I am not a big fan of Facebook and the communities that you can build there or tend to be built there. Even though I have my own Facebook page for Legends Hamilton on and I've got my own Facebook group the thing is the rules for all of that is don't be a dick don't post racist shit don't post hateful shit anything est basically um, you know don't be a dick is kind of in the in the, <laughs> in the rules can't say don't be a dick in the rules but you know um yeah, but, you know, the Paint on the Minis Facebook group is actually pretty fucking solid. If you're a dick, they'll get ready. If you're just there to post paint painted minis and talk about what you've been doing and post tutorials of the stuff that you've been doing and all the rest of that kind of stuff, that's that's what Paint All the Minis is there for. You, need, you ask a question, people will give you a good answer. People will give you three or four good answers. Um, sometimes they'll repeat themselves or repeat some, basically something somebody else has said. But 
you know, you want, when you know that's happening, you know you're getting good advice. Um, so, as I said, there's the Paint All The Minis podcast. That's paintalltheminis.podient.co um, or you can download them on pretty much every podcast platform you can think of, including iTunes and Stitcher and all the rest of them. Um, there's www.paintalltheminis.co.uk.com That's the website. It's got loads of stuff on there. Data reports. Excuse me. And painting tutorials. Everything you would think from a painting website. It is run by people within the within the community. Um, and done by people within the community. I mean, Dan's the, the brainchild behind it, but um, everything, all the content done by people within the Paint All the Minis community. Um, what else is there? Oh, this, the Facebook group, obviously. Um, if you want to, if, if you do um, listen to them and use all the stuff, there's the Patreon um, page. I became a Patreon today because I will actually be on one of the special Patreon shows for them. So I thought, well, I might as well. Um, <laughs> so I can actually listen to it later on and see oh, where have I gone wrong there. Because um, that tends to be what I do. I, I listen to it later on and go, ooh, yeah, I could have done better there. It's like everything. I could have done better there. Could have done better there. So, yeah, painting all the minis, all that stuff, that's cool. Right, so, this might seem like a plug, but it's not really, um, <laughs> because World Anvil is, is a program uh, uh, that I use, um, and yes, you can get a bot version of it, like a, a subscription version of it, but at the same time, you can get a free version of it, so I'm going to talk a little bit about World, World Anvil today. So World Anvil is it's a world builder program. Um, it's used by DMs, it's used by writers, it's used by RPG makers um, to hold together all the lore for their world, their campaign, their book in one place, or their books in one place. Um, I got put on it by Brandon, who does Swordsfall. Um, good guy. Um, very cool um, if you don't already follow me on Twitch or Twitter or anything like that um, I recommend going going uh, looking at, at Swords for One on Twitter and all his links to everything are on there so you, you can go to his Twitch his YouTube I think he's got YouTube I'm pretty sure he's got YouTube because I'm pretty sure I'm a subscriber but um, all that stuff uh, all, all the social media links, all, all the rest of that kind of stuff, that's there. Um, but yeah, he's the one that put me on a um, World Anvil. And, you know, I've been looking for something like this for a while. Um, it's like cartography programs. It's like I don't know which one to go for. And then when... It's not only him that gives you the recommendation. It's quite a lot of people. But he was the first one. Um, and then I went on it and I was like, right, okay. So I, I've seen it. How does it work? And I went through it, and it's it's actually quite good. Um, right now they're having their summer camp, which is basically you can win some um, 
uh, prizes. There's five thousand dollars worth of prizes um, that have all been donated by people. And basically, what you do is the write prompt. There's write prompts, so you prompts for you to write like a story about a, a, an entry in your world. So there's ones like uh, describe a lush and fertile location in your world. So mine's is. And the one I did was the Thalic Delta. So the Thalic Delta is uh, a delta in Valentaria. It's the biggest delta in, on the whole of Hamacharon. And all, all the details about it, not massive amounts of details in it, but there's plenty of it that, you know, it's helpful. Um, now, you can win um, a whole load of stuff. So, Dungeon FOG, so the best damn dungeon maps in the business. So one of the things you can get is three times twelve. And there's three times twelve month memberships. It's five times six months membership. Eight times three months. Ten times one month. Um, how to GM? Great GM master. Go listen to the guy. Funny chairman. Digital copy. How to be a great M- GM? And the complete guide to epic. There's there's loads of different um, prizes that you can pick up um, from different places. Like loot box. There's free loot box subscription to one winner for six months. That's pretty cool. But you know, obviously, you have to do a certain amount of like. There's the gold one, um, so it's complete all three, th- all thirty prompts to win the gold badge. It's for enter your grand prize. Complete twenty prompts to win the silver badge. This will enter your silver prize draw. Complete ten prompts, get in the copper prize draw. I'll probably in the copper prize draw because I've not got time to do everything. Um, to be honest. Um, do, do, do. It's got all the info for it. Um, if you just go on the website. Now, yes, it is day 8. And this is day 8 of the, the challenge. But at the same time, I know people that have been doing 2 or 3 a day. Um, so they're actually getting quite a lot in. Um, obviously not doing two or three every day, but getting that in there and getting it, getting it running. Um, so you know that is that is pretty cool. But the main thing that um, it's for is obviously world building. So if you haven't already been on, um, there's a, I'll put a link in the the notes to take you to the website um, and a link to my my page now right now there isn't a massive amount of stuff that has actually got a lot of detail in it there's there's several different ones um, the most recent articles I've got the most detail um, so the first one I did was Sohani the Red now Sohani the Red is uh, one of the greatest heroes of Assyrian history. Assyria in Hamacharon is the cradle of human civilization. It's where humanity began. It's where they were dropped when the apes that they came from were um, elevated by the gods. So, she is one of the biggest um, heroes in the history of Assyria because she during the Fourth Age, yeah, Fourth Age, yeah, definitely the Fourth Age um, of Hamadron. Um, basically, the darkness took over, 
and it was called what it's called is the yoke of evil not to be mistaken for the yoke of uh, egg that is um, so she led the country to freedom during the fourth age when most of the rest of the world was still under the yoke of evil so that they were still under the yoke of evil for the rest of the age and um, she was a humble, strong and proud uh, symbol of freedom in Assyria every town has a statue of her in the t- town centre every city is a museum that is a section devoted to her and almost every home in the country is an icon or painting of them, painting of them in her, their home um, I overdid that a wee bit every year the fe- Freedom Festival is thrown in honour of her and the rest of the heroes of the fight for freedom now this has all got details about her hot long personal history, education, accomplishments, achievement, failures, embarrassments, mental trauma, intellectual characteristics, moral f- it's so much detail about a character that you could put in in one of these these entries. I mean you don't need to go into the massive amount of um information that I've got to but you know when you go on to the I mean this is probably better me doing um when a youtube video which i will do at some point um but <clears throat> i'm just gonna talk about it a little bit if you don't mind um so basically i have the hamantrons of the world so that's the main category and then i've got sentient species um, land masses geographic locations gods characters um, military organizations languages country Historical figures, cities, and technology. That's the ones I've got at the moment. Um, so basically, um, humans um, are broken up, not into subspecies or subraces, but the ethnicities. Um, whereas the elves, which are the Aledel, A L E D E L, um, that's the, the first elves. Um, they're broken up into the subspecies, subraces of of elves, um, and it's the same for, you know, all the other well, it will be the same for all the other ones um, but dwarfs, so the original dwarfs are the Dwayne um, but from the Dwayne you get the Davwai Har so that's all the dwarfs but you get the Nalavar as well, which are the gnomes now these are the like the their own names, their own language names for them. Um, so the gobbler or the goblin, the gobbler are the original goblins. Giant kind. That's that's a human name for them, obviously. But um, and then you you know all these races are split up. So halflings were all like originally the yarlet. So that's the halfling name for the greater halfling species is yarlet. Yeah, so, um, obviously, all this stuff is, you know, collected into uh, a big repository. That sounded bad, but never mind. Um, But what the really cool thing about this is, is it just, you know, you you can set it up any way you want. Um, It's got timelines, you know, you've got images, you've got secrets that you can have. Um... So, like, you you can add maps. I've only added one so far, and it's not the greatest map on the planet, but 
you know, it gives it a wee bit extra. Um, and you can set it up like the way you want to set it up. You can, you know, you can use bold, you can use italics, different um, fonts, yours, all that kind of stuff, um, which is pretty cool because eventually we're going to have to get our own font because, um, you know, you can't use a generic font. It's the one thing I figured out because people just look at it and go, that's a generic font. You haven't been trying. Yeah, maybe not, but um, I think we will need to sort that out at some point. I mean, the thing is, it's not just, obviously, the one that you've got. There's also, like, loads of other community um, pages, you know. So you've got loads of different um, worlds. So... So, the, you know, you can find lots of data on different author stuff or different RPG stuff. And that's cool. Because, you know, you, you can know what to not to not add. Um, because, obviously, somebody else has got it. Somebody else has used that name or some, somebody else has, um, you know, thought of it already. Well, I mean... Doesn't necessarily mean it be thought of already, but somebody already has that idea in their world. Doesn't mean that you can't use it. It's just you can't have it exactly the same. And if you look at a lot of these these things, you look at them and you go, "Well, that's close to what I've done, but not quite like what I've done." Um, or that's there's similarities, but there's not massive amount of similarities. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think it's pretty cool and it's something I recommend for people to go and look into uh, at some point I will be doing a YouTube on it um, which will be a wee bit a wee bit is easier to follow because obviously you know you can actually see it uh, 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 rather than me just talking about it um, I'm going to try and do it at some point this week but I'm not sure whether or not I will get it done before I go on holiday. Um, right, um, I can't remember whether or not I talked about it last week, but they announced Codex Knights, or Codex Chaos Knights, um, is on its way. Um, it went pre-order on Saturday there. Um, now, obviously, Chaos Knights, are the Codex Chaos Knights, is basically... The code, the chaos version of um, the Imperial Knights one. My brain is not working at points today. Um, and obviously they've got their own chaos knights that are designed specifically for um, for the chaos. Uh, so it says, New Chaos Knights Codex is designed to let you bring any of the knights you already own to the tabletop on the side of Chaos, including Armagers, Dominant Class Knights, and Quistorus Class Knights, all given appropriate heretic new names. What more introduce a brand new Chaos only pattern that makes the Knight Rampager and Knight Desecrator. So, you know, they, they update the names, basically. I mean, the thing with the Chaos um, kits, Knight kits, is I think for the most part it's just the regular Chaos Knight, the regular Knight kit, but you just get all the spiky add-ons and stuff um, from the looks of it. 
you know, the extra weapons and stuff. Mm, actually, no, they have brand new. I'm just looking at them. They've got brand new sprues. That's interesting. That's something. That's that's not something um, you see all the time. But <coughs> uh, I was talking to Scarlet from Warp Time Radio the other day. Um, there's actually a podcast on its way while I'm on holiday, um, and she was saying that um, she doesn't think that she'll probably pick up these nights. But what she will do is actually just use on our regular nights that she's got um, and just use them for the Codex Chaos because she's not she wasn't a big fan of the um, the way that they look with all the spikes and stuff and stuff um, but basically the from what I've been looking at basically with Chaos Knights they've got all their own versions of what the um Imperial Knights have got, like houses and stuff, but they're different, obviously, because they're chaos. Uh, like, where is it? I had it. Do, do, do. So you've got Dread Blades, which are basically their version of the Free Blades, and you have Icon Class and Infernal Households. So I'm just going to have a wee look at this just now. So, <coughs> Dread Blades are obviously. Um, heretical free blades. So, dread blades are independent chaos knights who serve no single master or household, instead pledging their lo- loyalties and temporary alliances to any warlord or demagogue who can provide them with opportunities for slaughter. There are many reasons a knight may become a dread blade. Some are loyalists who betrayed the former house for power or out of madness, such as the hatred of Crastelan, insane, self-declared high monarch of House Hawkshroud. So obviously Hawkshroud um, is a loyalist house. Um, <coughs> so uh, after the Horus Heresy, the nobles of loyalist house Hawkshroud created a knightly title, the sole purpose of which was for the bearer to take on a grave and harrowing duty. Whomsoever had this title would pilot the knight suit called Hatred of Crastalan and would answer the and endure the most unthinkable cult arms. It was the hatred of Crastalan that uh, attacked allies suspected of treachery, executing valiant generals alongside who it once fought, and slaughtering those obedient soldiers who served the condemned. It was this night that meted out punishment upon planets were due to hostile invasion. The populace had been unable to proffer their tithe to the f- of flesh to the Imperium. In M34, so Millennium 34, the throne mechanicum of this night could bear this duty no more, and its remnant spirits cried out in collective fury. They declared themselves the true High Monarch of House Hawkshroud, for the code of chivalric, for by the code chivalric, no king or queen could issue an order they themselves were unwilling, unwilling to carry out. The hatred of Crastalan was declared an enemy to the Hawkshroud, and thus began its long descent into chaos. So, that's a that's a um, that as an example. Of what an um, dread blade is. So there's different other versions um, that they've got, obviously, as part of the um, all the the codex. Um, do, do, do. Right. So it it explains in the article how they work. So when you're assembling your Chaos Knight army, you can opt to give any of your Chaos Knights the Dreadblade keyword. This does not replace its 
icon class or infernal keyboard and if they are part of an attachment with other knights with the same keyboard they'll still benefit from conquerors without mercy or demonic surge obviously those rules for for um, chaos knights um, in addition to the dread blade abilities before each battle one dread blade per detachment gets a set of packs and damnations each path to Path to Glory and Galvanized Hall are two examples of some of the deadly packs available. So, um, Path to Glory has been resolving an attack made by this model against the character Titanic unit. You may reroll their hit roll. And Galvanized Hall, when resolving an attack made with a weapon with an armor penetration characteristic of minus one against this model, that weapon has an armor penetration characteristic of zero. So, but you pick one pact or you're feeling lucky, roll to get two. These abilities are ba- balanced by damnations, rules that represent the somewhat erratic personalities of these dark warriors. Forsaken, for example, stops benefiting from stratagem. So, it's Forsaken as well, so this damnation applies. This model cannot be affected by any stratagems, including the command reroll stratagem to reroll a dice for this model. Thankfully, these damnations only apply when you fail a leadership check at the start of each of your turns, meaning most of the time you should be fine. Um. Okay. I mean, see the thing is, man. I have not actually come up across that many knights uh, since I came back to forty k. The only ones I've actually faced, I think, now are armagers. Um, the little ones from the Mechanicus, and, and I mean, they were difficult to kill. But I mean, you know, that that's that's kind of the point in it. Even the little ones are difficult to kill, but they cost points. Cost a lot of points, as far as I'm aware. Um, as part of an army, so that's it, you know. So I, I I haven't come across like big knights, so I don't know how they balance and how you know how they actually work. So it's interesting to read these things because you like think to yourself, knights are hard enough to kill as as anyway. So you know, giving them an, a minus one. Armor, you know, taking armor penetration away from round for from weapons is like what really? That seems a wee bit extreme, doesn't it? Uh, but yeah, I mean that's cool. Um, so I'm gonna have a wee look at the Icon class in Infernal Households as well. Right. So the wee blob says Chaos Knights organize themselves like dark and corrupted mirrors to Imperial Knights, but there are some distinct differences. Broadly speaking. Well, Imperial Knights come from Knightly Households, Forge Worlds, as fights Free Bloods, Free Blades. Chaos Knights come from Icon Class Households, serve the Dark Mechanicum as Infernals, or fight as Dread Blades. So, um, in Icon Class Households, Psychotic, Sadistic Killers, Knights of the Icon Class Households for Twisted Codes of Honor and Chivalry. During the Horus Heresy, many traitor knights were driven insane, unable to reconcile following their oaths. To Horus and the traitor legions with increasingly debased and awful acts of carnage they were compelled to participate in. In an attempt to quell their increasing doubt and self-loathing, these knights dedicated themselves more deeply to the Rose, striving steadily insane by the disapproval of their forefathers and their throne mechanicum. Over the years, the throne mechanicum would become inhabited by the spiritual echoes of increasingly insane bloodthirsty nobles, which would serve only to deepen the madness of any who used them. With the passing of centuries, the cycle of corruption has led the Icon class households to transform into a brutal parody of their honourable kin. So obviously, um, they've got different um, rules to noble households. So Icon class household ambition 
conquerors without mercy. If a model with his ambition made charge move, was charged or performed a heroic intervention, add one to their model's attack characteristics until the end of the turn, and the armour penetration characteristic of melee weapons the model is equipped with. With this is improved by one until the end of the turn. Example, AP1 becomes AP-1. In addition, when an enemy unit fails a morale test within 12 inches of any model with this ambition, one additional model flees that unit. Fair enough. This, of course, absolutely amazing when combined with new knight rampage major, but works with the melee weapons of any chaos knights you choose. Everything aside from war dogs, that's armages to your loyalist whelps of the cops emperor, you can attack with a titanic feat. Will betide the enemy who thinks your double Avenger Gatling cannon armed with Knight Despoiler, easy target in melee. So every house has its own vow, so same as with um, Imperial houses, but these are vow of dominance, vow of carnage, for vow, and obviously they've also got the like different stratagems of their own. Um, so the Veil of Medregard. Medringard, that's his. At some point during M33, the Wopsmiths of the Iron Warcraft did an artifact named for the Traitor Legion's demon world, known as the Veil of Medringard. Um, this device uh, appears to be based off an STC that either has not been uncovered in any other part of the galaxy, or has been twisted in warp corruptions as to become unrecognisable. When installed in a night suit, it protects a ba- projects a barrier of energy far greater than Greater power than any standard ion shield. The veil of Medringard was originally gifted to fallen nobles of Hagaris. Well, service during the Horus Heresy, but this has since passed to other icon class houses. So, four plus and vulnerable save without having to right, rotate that ion shield. So that like that's um, ideal for night tyrants, or if it was an imperial one, it'd be night dominus expects to come under heavy enemy fire. So that's actually, I'm assuming that's. Um, whether I'm not sure how many points that costs, but should cost a bit. And then you've got the Infernal Households, so that's obviously households that work for the Dark Mechanicum. Um, so they're incapable of drawing on dark and arcane power in battle dedicated to Dark Mechanicum. These knights have their noble purpose subverted by arcane sciences, with their fallen nobles often fused in grisly fashion to their steeds. Now each knight of the Infernal Household teams with pathogenic scrap code, and sphere, sphector graphic genes and other dark modifications. Mm, nice. So, Infernal Household Ambition. Starting movement phase, each model with its ambition can use a demonic surge. Model uses a demonic, demonic surf, surge, it suffers one more mood, and then you roll 1d3 on the table to determine the rule that applies to that model and to start the next movement phase when a model using demonic surge you can choose that model suffers d3 model wounds instead of 1 if you do you can select the result from table instead of rolling to determine it model can only use demonic surge once per battle round so demonic hunger is a 20 this movement this model's move. Characteristic add one to advanced rolls and charge rolls made by this model. Demonic fortitude add one to toughness. Add demonic power select one range weapon this is equipped with. Add one to the weapon strength characteristics and damage characteristics. So modifying on the fly. And then you get packed with the dark gods. Is one of their stratagems. Use this stratagem when an infernal household model from your army is destroyed but did not explode. Roll one d6 at the end of phase. Four plus 
Return that modifier with D3 wounds remaining place it as close as possible to its previous position, more than one inch away from any mod enemy model. That stratagem can all be used in the same model more than once per battle. Hmm. That's that's interesting. And then you've got bind the souls of the feed. Use this stratagem at the start of the fighting phase. Select one infernal household model from your army until the end of that phase when an enemy model is destroyed. As a result of any attack made with a melee weapon on by the selected model, roll 1d6. On a 4 plus select model, <laughs> regains 1 wound. Each model can only regain up to 6 wounds as a result of the stratagem in the same phase. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, so, that, that's, that's the Chaos Knights Codex kind of in a nutshell, really, in it. It's, I mean, it's the same kind of rules as Knights have, but little bit of changes and obviously making them chaos um, do 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 so that went pre-order on Saturday um, so they've got chaos but in addition to that they also brought out the new Blackstone, Blackstone Fortress expansion um, it's got a chaos traitor guard um, officer and it's got a chaos traitor guard ogrine um, I haven't seen the models up close at the moment. Um, I'm trying. I want to get a closer picture of them. Um, oh, yes, dollar to the UK. I don't actually want it, but let me see. Let me see the figures. Oh, that old grind has like a big, massive hatchet, and he's got like a clipper claw thing, and obviously he's got the chaos halo and. Yeah, he looks proper corrupt. And then you've got the traitor guard officer who has... Or is that a commissar? I think that might actually be a traitor guard commissar. Is Ooh. Going way beyond your vows there. Um, he's got a power fist and he's got a bolt pistol. Um, and obviously chaos iconography on him. Um, they're nice models. Um, I don't know. Unless, excuse me, sorry. Um, I don't know unless I was um, actually playing Blackstone Fortress that I'd pay thirty seven fifty for an expansion when you get two new figures um, so it's two new figures 16 page Traitor Command booklet, one heart of corruption sheet um, it says yes that's creepy as it sounds punch board sheet of tokens 18 discovery cards 12 exploration cards 12 12 exploration cards, 2 encounter cards, 2 hostile reference cards, 5 soul, soul price cards. Again, bad times. Heart corruption envelope, within which lies your secret reward for completing the quest. And 1 assembly guide. Um, yeah, 37.50. I, mean, I, I know it's Blackstone Fortress, but... Um, seriously? <sighs> that is a lot of money to be paying for... And I know I'm not the biggest um, fan of Games Workshop pricing sometimes, but I mean, Christ. It's £95 for Blackstone Fortress now. Um, which, you know, it's not out of line for miniature board games, but. Um, and it's not like you're not getting probably as many figures as you get in miniature board games, um, but um, it's got there, I mean 132.50 for the Blackstone Fortress collection, that's without the dreaded Ambo, which is another 
35 um, quid, I think, off the top of my head. Um, so you're, I mean, to buy everything Blackstone Fortress, I think you're talking 150, 160 quid. Maybe 170 quid, actually. Um, so that's a lot of money. I mean, don't get me wrong, I have spent that kind of money on stuff, but um, still... Yeah, so 95, 90, 35, and then 3750. It's a lot of money. And the Dreadian Ambo is the same. I mean, it's a nice figure, but 35 quid for it was. That's why I never bought it. That is exactly the reason I never bought it, because it was so much money, and I was like, I'd only want the figure to paint. It's like a lot of things these days. I'm getting to the point where I'm like, hmm, no, cheers, but no thanks. Um, with a lot of stuff that I look at and I go, I'd really want to paint it, but I can't justify that price because I'm never going to use it. Um, <sighs> I'm getting old, guys. I'm getting really old that I've actually got to that position where I'm like, Do you know what, unless I'm going to actually use it, I'm not buying it. Um, it's like when I bought Keyforge, it's like, yeah, I'll play it because younger brother plays it, other people play it, and it's like, well, I can get some games in. And I, I buy board games because it's like, well, I can get games in. Because um, loads of people play games. Lo- loads of people play board games, so, you know, it's, it's, I, I do. I feel old sometimes. Um, but there we go. That That is uh, my Games Workshop um, roundup for. It's not even a roundup. It's I mean, there's coming stuff coming soon. There's a new Sylvaneth uh, battle tome, uh, which have their own endless spells. Of course they do, um, and also obviously their data cards or the um, AOS version of the data cards coming soon. Also, the new Thousand Suns and Primara Space Wolves um, start collecting boxes now. The interesting thing. About the Thousand Suns start collecting box as they've got Araman in it, and that's unusual. It's unusual for you to get a named character um, in a start collecting box. Um, what else is coming soon? Oh, there's the new Spirit Seer. Um, oh, it's the Spirit Seer that was in the Wake of the Wake of the Dead box set. Um, you can get them separately now, or them separately now. Uh, da, 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 da. Blood Elves uh, Blood but Blood Elves <sighs> Different set of rules David um, Blood Bowl um, They've got new Wood Elves coming out And obviously the new season for Blood Bowl New issue number 6 of Spike And all the stuff That comes with it um, New Adeptus Titanicus stuff um, New Knights coming out um, Surprisingly enough um, and then Lord of the Rings, you get Scare on the Shire. So you've got Bulldog, Tuck, and Golfimble fighting each other. So you've got all the stuff for that coming out. Um, group of Ruffians. Uh, there's Bulldog, Scandalf. There's a Bilbo. That's surprising. Bilbo. Because it's not a young one. Um, 
group of ruffians to bolster Sharky's forces. Right. I don't think any of this except the Scare on the Shire book is actually new. I think they're just releasing, re-releasing stuff. Uh, da, da, da. I think that's that for Games Workshop Total for this week. As I've seen earlier on, talk to um, Scarlet or Scarlet Kingdom is our handle on pretty much everything. Um, she does Warp Time Radio with Stormguard Games. Um, it's another podcast that I highly recommend. It's entertaining as fuck. Um, I am going to attempt when I get on ho- get back from holiday to get not only Stormgrad but um, Leaky Cheese and Office Painter to come on the podcast um, for an interview um, because uh, last week, last Saturday, um, was the unofficial end of season two, season one of Work Time Radio because they're adding a new um, presenter to the show, um, Caitlin um, or Aston Lake Typhoon. Amazing artist. Want to do some stuff for Legends, um, but can't afford it at the moment. Um, but when I do have the money, I'm getting her to do some. Um, there's lots of people on the list to get some to do some art. Um, so basically, I'm going to try and get all of them. Obviously, Caitlin as well um, on the show. Talk to them about their hobby and how they do things and why they do things, and then all of them on one hour or two or three or however long it takes um, of us just talking shit constantly and just having that massive gamer conversation which you don't get a lot of the time when when you t- interview people um, on, a, on a podcast it's, it's all very regimented and you know or you've got all these questions and stuff so if you get all the questions out of the way and you just talk about gaming. I think that'll be a great podcast. I think there'll be a lot of fox and shits in it, but you know, that's not, that's not particularly unusual with anything I do. So, um, <coughs> though with office and um, cheese, there might be some dark shit. So we'll, we'll try and avoid that as much as we can. <laughs> but I don't think we'll be avoid, avoiding it totally. Um, so. As you guys know, I am on holiday for the next couple of weeks. Um, So the plan is, I'll be releasing my interview with Philip Lochner from Audley Publishing. If you remember, I talked about East Domain's um, RPG a couple of episodes, a while ago. Um, So I'll have him on. I'll talk to uh, him. Well, I've I've already done the interview. It's already edited. It's ready to go up. Um, So that'll come out next Monday. On the Wednesday, um, episode 5 of Infinity will be released. Um, and then on the next Monday, it will be the Scarlet Kingdom interview. And then that Wednesday, it will be episode 6 of um, in the Infinity RPG actual play podcast. Um, um, I'm going to say right now, at the end of episode 6, this is the reason that we have a parental advisory and we have a um, explicit um, warning on the podcast because yes I say a lot of swear words and I say a lot of shit but 
this particular episode at the end is quite um, well it's getting to the dark side but um, and, and you'll get what I'm talking about if you, uh, you know, if you listen to it um, be aware that we all what we were all aware of the fact that it was dark we were all aware of where it was going and I think everyone kind of without even having to talk about it kind of put it right okay this is as far as we're going but we're not going any further so we do get that it was a bit dark and um, that is um, all I'm going to say about it right now I mean if you want to discuss about it with me later on once once you've listened to the episode then that's fine but you know it's me giving you fair warning so um, also um, I'm going to try and get the YouTube updated more often. Um, I know YouTube is where I started out with the stuff and um, it's kind of gone by the wayside a little bit recently um, just because of everything going on. But I'm going to do more videos. As I said, I'm going to do one on World Anvil. Um, I'm going to talk, probably gonna do one on the um, Legends again. Um, rather than doing a Twitch development thing at the moment, um, do, do, do. also I am going to do one for, well I've done one for Keyforge um, for an unboxing. I was going to do Kaito Incorporated but I've kind of, I lost um, the bag with the, for the wee, um, counter things um, and it's kind of a bit of a mess actually to be perfectly honest because um, I lost the separator thing as well because sometimes that happens when I open up a box sometimes I lose bits of it not like actually important bits but bits anyway um, so I won't be doing an unboxing of that but what I probably will be doing um, is taking you through character creation because when I did character creation on the actual Twitch, I don't think uh, I kind of brought it up quite well or put it across as well as I could have. Um, so I'm going to do a little bit of a video. I'm going to I'm going to continue to do videos on Legends up until obviously we do the playtesting, and then um, after that as well, um, I'm just going to continue to do videos as and when. We update rules, we change things about, and all this that kind of stuff. When, if stuff isn't working, we need to fix it, and that's that's why we're looking for um, playtesters as soon as we are, um, and we're trying to do things as quickly and um, as we are. Well, not quickly as we are, but it's such a pace that I mean, a lot of the time, a lot of indie publishers are working on their own, it's them themselves. I have three good mates that are helping me out and also the partner of one of them one of the guys um is helping him out do the online stuff. Um so, you know, we're all it's not just one person, it's not just me doing all this stuff. Um I, I roped in Sam uh to do you know, to help me out with a couple of bits and pieces but then it became right, Barry, pull him in um, Alistair pulled him in and basically it's become us all 
working on everything. And and the thing is as well, we're building a, a lot of the tools from the ground up as well. So like rather than us running um running through the development process and then putting together online tools, we're doing it as and when we're actually doing it, you know. So this tool for this, this tool for that, you know, character generation character sheets, we're going to do dungeons, we're going to do, you know, campaign stuff, you know, we're going to do, you know, enemy generators, NPC generators, um, adversaries, you know, if you want to make your own adversaries, like, an adversary race, because what the plan is, is yes, we are running it um, to play Legends of Hamish on in in a particular world, but what we're also doing is building a system so that it will work no matter what you use. So if you want to do um, a D&D clone, like using Greyhawk, is Greyhawk still around? I don't know. Or Forgotten Realms, or Eberron, or you want to do, you know, sci-fi, you want to do modern, you want to do cyberpunk, or afropunk, I mean, (laughs) using... um, Swordfall's uh, the Swordfall setting and your rules together, you know, uh, finding ways of using them um, to, you know, obviously, before he brings out his actual set of rules, and uh, I do want to see his set of rules and I do want to play it, but um, but that's that's something he's got an idea down the line. Um, but you know, all this stuff, it's it's not just exclusively that we're wanting to do it for Legends of Hammond Sharon. What we're wanting to do is build a system that once we're done with Legends we can go back and go right okay so we take all this stuff so all the specifics for Legends specific skills and all this, that kind of stuff you take that all out and then you're left with the the um, the system Rather than the rules, um, so you take out the spells, but you you leave the the kind of power system. You know, if you want to play superheroes, you can make them spells because that's that's the thing. Spells are made up of either one or two or three components. For the most part, it's two components. For other parts, it's three components. So it's your talent, it's your spell, um, and it's your uh, power that you imbue. So elementals, you know, an elemental spell can require. Three ta- three components. It's a talent. It's the spell, and it's the imbuement power. So, like imbuing it with fire, and using bolt, and using oh, what's the other bit? I can't even remember the other bit now. Uh, the talent would be like chain, or split, so or delay, or something like that. You know, it's a spell talent, and you can delay where, you know. Most of the time with fireball, it's going to shoot from your hand, and then you, the enemy's going to see it. But if you delay it, so it shoots, you know, you throw it, and then like ten yards away or fifteen feet away or something like that, it appears. So they've got less time to stop it. So that's you know that's three elements. That's a talent. That's a um, spell, and it's an imbuement. So. You know that kind of thing, but you can do that for anything. If you, if you get powers, 
I mean, it's going to be the same for psionics. Psionics are going to be, you know, <clears throat> well, actually, psionics aren't going to be because psionics aren't going to have imbuement, but they're going to be two parts because so they're powers. They're going to have talent and they're going to have the power. Um, or they're going to just have the power. Uh, so, you know, that you can split up into, you know, any set of rules that you want. You know, if you want to play superheroes, you know, they imbue part of themselves. Um, they've got a talent and they've got power. So, you know, that works with that. Or they, they've just got the power and they've got the talent. Or they've just got the powers. You know, you, you can work it any way you want. I mean, Green Lantern imbues it with um, Green Lantern energy, but his talent would be making it into a... Well, his power would be making it into a, like a, a shield, or, you know, multiplying it would be a talent, so you can do multiple shields, you know, that kind of thing. That that um that is kind of the idea, and also combat. Combat's the same, whether or not you're using a, an AK forty-seven or a pulse rifle, or you know, firing it is the same kind of idea. Whether, as I say, whether you're firing a bow, whether you're firing pulse rifle, or you're firing an AK forty-seven, it really doesn't matter. You're firing a weapon. You're pulling a trigger, or you're pulling back, and it's still the same. Coordination, concentration, all the rest of that kind of stuff. Um, and close combat. <laughs> but you're using a power sword or a, or a um, lightsaber to use if you wanted to use an unofficial Star Wars um, thing. You know, it's the same. You're using your... Is it coordination for ballistics? I can't remember now. I haven't actually... It's shocking, I can't even remember my own rules. Oh, my brain. But, you know what I mean? You, you get what I mean? It's not specific to um, Legends. I mean, the luck system, you know, the the fate system in it, you can use for anything, because it's, it's not necessarily the, the favour of the gods, it's just, you know, luck. You could call it luck. And it's the same thing. Um, Blastic Combat's coordination here. Yeah. I knew it was. Um, <laughs> close Combat's a jelly. Um, but, you know, you get what I'm saying. It, no, it's a system that could be used for various different things. It's not specific to Legends. And once we've got it out of the way, once we've got the rulebook for Legends out of the way, we will release a cut down, like a this is how you build your own system, your own set of rules using this system. But that'll be a year or two down the line after we finish published after we published them um, Legends, which is a year or two down the line, probably more like two. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I'll talk about it more in the future. But um, I think that's enough of me going rambling on for a day um, I will as I said be on holiday for the next two weeks but the schedule is there um, once again um, plug in paint all the minis uh, so paint all the minis uh, 
facebook.com facebook group um, youtube channel podcast everyone go follow them they're cool everyone's cool there for the most part um, and yeah I will be on the Patreon well, I'll be recording a, an episode with Dan for the Patreon Thursday um, so if you enjoy it um, I just become became a Patreon myself um, so yeah and we will be sorting out a Patreon for um, Legends in the near future as well um, just need to sort it out I'll have it sorted out by the time I come back for holiday or when I come back for holiday um, because the tier thing is like mm, do I want to do this do I want to do that do I want to do the next thing um, but we'll have it sorted um, yeah that's me for today um, as always the coffee account the coffee account if uh, the website the paint all the I'm paint all the minis on the brain um, if the Yoga Dave's hobby at podient dot co does not have the coffee account link, email me at uh, Yoga Dave's Hobby Corner at gmail.com and I will send you the link and you can buy us a coffee and this is what keeps this afloat. Well, it's not 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 at the moment, but this is what I, I want to keep um you know the Patreon, the podcast, YouTube channel, Twitch, all that stuff alive because anything that will come from the Patreon for Legends of Hammondstrong goes into Legends of Hammondstrong. It has nothing to do with this. It just goes there. Um, so I will be back in two weeks. Um, I should have the episode recorded on the Monday um, if not uh, it'll be Tuesday but I'm hoping to get us up and running again soon as we come back um, so I am going to say good day and happy hobby guys